I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Hey, we're back in here. Second hour here. I just said here twice. That's annoying. I hate that. Flag on me. <laughs> we're back, taking you right up to noon. Then we'll hand it off to D'Lo and Casey. One of those guys will be in with us in the uh, in the final segment. But we're talking Kings-Celtics, of course, after uh, the Kings blowout loss at home to a shorthanded Boston team on the back end of a back-to-back last night. An ugly loss, but I think long-term, mm-hmm. it's a good, you called it a measuring stick game, and I, and I, and I think that last night ha- helps long-term. Like, we were just talking about Kevin O'Connor's tweet that, he, that they broke the Kings. Like, no. But I honestly think that that's a, it's a good that can sometimes be a good thing to have happen. Remember when the when the 49ers lost those three games in a row? It was like, hey, you know what? Maybe this forces them to look internally and see what they need to do to get better and they can get rolling. And sure enough, that's what happened. Yeah. I think a game like last night, if you're if you're Monty McNair and you're Mike Brown and the coaching staff in the front office, that forces you to really look inwardly at what you need to do to get better. Kyle, at some point, it's too many times. Yeah. It's too many times the same way. I think it was too many times last time. Um, I think <laughs> it was too many times. times Maybe now. the first time it happened, it was too many times. But you're always going to be like, okay, that's okay. You know, I remember Mike Brown uh, maybe maybe three times ago that this happened. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, look, I, I was part of a championship team and uh, or, or NBA finals team with the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. We lost by 40 points in like February. And we ended up winning the title or we made it to the, the NBA finals. Right. So like he had, he had examples of how this isn't that big of a deal, but then they just keep doing it. And then you look at him and he, he's just like, Mike Brown usually has an answer for everything. Mm -hmm. He does. He's uh, one of the great coaches to cover. I mean, he's my ninth head coach since I've been covering the team. So like, Mm -hmm. I've got to see plenty of guys who either like they have no answer or they think that they found an answer. They, they figured out the problem, but they don't know how to find a solution Mm -hmm. or they don't have enough talent at all. And there's nothing they can do. Right. You know, Mike Brown always has an answer and these losses like this, you can see him searching as much as anyone. Like he does not like his answer to my question last night was we keep getting hung up by bad, by what we deem as bad officiating. And it takes us out of our mindset. And next thing you know, the game snowballs. It's like, man, if that's right, if that's, if that is what I don't think it is. I think that might've been part of the issue last night. But if that's really what's happening in all these games is a couple of bad calls go against them and they punt, then what are we doing here? Yeah, I, I totally that, agree. That is that cannot be 
an an excuse. Yeah, that's like mental fortitude. Yeah, I don't like like what's going on there. Yeah, and it can't be that way. It, I guess you can say, hey, that's that's a common theme. Okay, what is the fix for that? Because I like to know. Because let's be honest, NBA officials are bad, <laughs> and they are particularly bad with the Sacramento Kings. They always have been. And and uh, like it's not getting any better. Like play and on, on. And on top of that players never believe they commit a foul. So whether the call was good or bad, there you're going to argue regardless. You cannot have that be the thing yeah. that takes you out of a game. And honestly, frankly, nobody in the universe whines at the officials more than Luka Doncic. No. And it never takes him out of his game. There he is every game. Every game. Climb at yeah, 38 whining, 11 and 7 and just Bitching the whole time about it. Hey, look, uh, the Kings had like two free throw attempts, and I, I think in the first half. Yes, I, I get right. it. I get it. You're frustrated. I, I, mm-hmm. I totally get it. But what you don't do is fold up shop. Yeah. Like, oh, we have two free throws. Game over. Because you, 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 they, they saw in the playoffs last year, and I think one of the valuable things about them in the postseason was you see that in the postseason the whistle gets swallowed a little bit. Oh yeah. Not always going to go your way. And if if you're going to get into the postseason again, and every time, oh, in the first half, a couple of calls we didn't like didn't go our way, we're done for tonight. That, come on, man. Well, on I, top of that, Kyle, every time they they challenge a call, and they're sitting there telling their coach, "Hey, I didn't foul him. I didn't foul him." Every time you foul him, <laughs> Mike Brown loses almost every single challenge. Like one game he came out and the first thing he did was apologize for taking a challenge in like the first five minutes of a game. It's a bad challenge. Yeah. Lost. Yeah. Again, it it seems like every single time they're complaining about the officiating. And I'm not saying that there's some of them where I watch it back and I'm like, how did you No doubt. How did you, the. No doubt. The De'Aaron Fox where they called him and they said he, um, like the player didn't like made marginal contact with his chest. Like, hey, that is a foul. Marginal contact. Marginal co- oh. on your way to the on your way to the basket, there was marginal contact. Okay, that is not okay. Yeah. That is a foul. Like you're not allowed to impede someone's like like change the direction of a player yeah. with your body. And it was a foul call. They called it a foul on the, and then they overturn it. Like, wait a sec, you can't overturn that. Yeah. Like that's that's not okay. But but outside of that, like I kind of think Mike Brown said that last night just to give you an answer because he doesn't know, which is what you were just saying. I think so. It is. It, it's. And it's not to call Mike like, Brown out. I mean, he's got the. They're sixteen and ten. No, and they just. He's also. They just lost this game. He's got to go in, and now he's got to sit down and answer. He hasn't gotten to rewatch. Nope. He hasn't gotten to talk to guys, so he's got to t- figure out something. And maybe last night he's going, man. You know what? That game turned when. There was the the flagrant on Domas, and after that, they just it felt like they checked out. Yeah, but that doesn't explain every single one of these types of losses where they just lose the rope. That yeah. it, 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 <laughs> it it's not a talent problem. We know that. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's a scheme problem because if it was, it would be getting exposed more frequently than just against the Clippers. With the last now the Clippers, Pelicans. Warriors, Rockets, Rockets, and now the 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 Celtics. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't think it's a scheme. So it's something aside from that. It's something mindset related, I think. And I don't know how you go about fixing that outside of like, dudes, get over it. Yeah, 
Like, oh no, you're you're you, the opposing team went on a run against you. Go on and go on one back. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. It's wild. But they can do it. They we saw them do it. We saw them do it in that game against Golden State. Yep. Down twenty four. They had no business being in that game, but they battled back. They chipped away. They didn't even get it all at once. It took them forever to get over that like 15, 16 point hump, and then they did. And okay, now it's thirteen. Okay, now it's single digits, and they just kept. We've seen them do it. Yeah, they are very capable. Now Boston is a way superior opponent to to, to Golden State, but they don't. They they didn't even try and chip away last night. They don't no hustle play. There's no hard foul. There's no. There's just. Yeah, I, I know. It's just a I, lack like, of. It's just a lack of effort. It, it's really weird to see a team just kind of go. All right, game over. And it's and I and I say I say lack of effort, knowing full well like I'm a dude sitting at a desk talking into a microphone. Yeah, I am not one to question anybody. Those guys are gonna exercise and do more, try harder at what they're doing in in a quarter than I will all week. I get that. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not trying to, but watching from the outside and watching what's happening on the court, that is how it feels is just a flat-out lack of effort. And that is a matter of in here. like that That's what that is. I would say, like, look, I, I don't think that it's a full lack of effort because I'm watching players play hard. And I'm watch, I just feel like there's a mind shift, a mindset change that happens during a game. And they're taken out of whatever they're doing. Because I watched, again, I watched some of these second unit guys come in and play really hard. I, I watch, hey... JaVale McGee played really hard. Like, I, I'm not going to say he didn't play hard or that Trey Lyles didn't play hard. Keon Ellis didn't play hard. They played really hard. But by the time that they were in the game, this thing had snowballed out of control. And with all due respect to every single player on the team, I don't need Keon Ellis to play hard. I don't need Trey Lyles to play hard. That's not what I need. I, I can't. I. You do? But you also need the other guys. Right. I don't, I'm not looking at, oh, down 15. Where's Keon? Get me Keon Ellis. Like, no, man. Like I said, God love Keon Ellis. He's carved out a role, and I think he should be a, a full time NBA player. Yep. But De'Aaron Fox, Keegan Murray, Malik Monk, Demona Sabonis, somebody, anybody, go go make a play. Get, I, I, hey, man, it was as simple as could someone just. Guard Peyton Pritchard, just one please. time. Get a hand up. Can, can someone just like go over near him so he doesn't just get a wide open three again from the exact same spot again and again and again <laughs> without Jason Tatum on the court? Could somebody go stop him from doing the same thing again? Yeah, I don't know. We have a couple of callers. I see you on the line. Hang in there. We'll get to you next. And I still want to get to the thing the Kings did. After the game, that was more frustrating than than anything they did during the game. We'll talk about that next. That's James M. Kyle, we're the Insiders. You're listening to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN thirteen twenty and ninety eight point five HD two, Sacramento Sports Leader. Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. All right, I see a caller on the line, 916-909-1320, if you want to join the show. That is 
909-1320 if you want to talk about the Kings loss to the Celtics last night. And if you want to get us into an NFL conversation, got a big game between the 49ers and the Ravens. Possible Super Bowl preview mm. on Sunday, or excuse me, on Monday night at Levi Stadium, Christmas night. Uh, just what Lamar Jackson said. Someone asked him about it being a possible Super Bowl preview, and he's like, the Super Bowl's in February. There's no Super Bowls in December. <laughs> yeah, Lamar. <laughs> nice word. job. Word. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's called a preview, but no, no. Cook, cook. Strong take, bro. Strong take. <laughs> um, Let's, uh, I don't want to, uh, 916-909-1320 is the number. Uh, hey, what's going on? 1320, what's your name? What's going on, guys? It's Brandon. Brandon, what do you want to say, man? Uh, quick question. You guys know the offense a little better than me, so I, I'm just curious. I, I notice a lot. I know that it's not really his game, but Sabonis will be wide open with Porzingis five, six feet off of him, and he just won't take that shot. Is it part of the offense that he doesn't, or is it just not his game? Because I see him shoot threes, and it's not like he has an atrocious shot, or he'll even hand the ball off to reset like baseline with mm-hmm. the defender on him, and he feels more comfortable back to the defender rather than shooting a wide open shot you know at the free throw line i'm just curious as to why that is so consistent thanks brandon yeah this is honestly my biggest gripe with sabonis as a player yeah i know it's i know it's not quote unquote the offense but defenses want him to shoot that and i think that shooting it he doesn't even have to hit it at like a 65 percent clip he needs to hit it enough though that defenders have to come out and play him I understand all of that, and I would also say that, like, Sabonis is not a natural scorer. Correct. Like... Understood. Cam Thomas. Like, okay, all the dude does is score, right? Well, he shoots. All he does is shoot. (laughs) But, like, Sabonis is, is a player who, from the time he was a little kid, has always been the guy who makes everyone better. Mm -hmm. That's his job on the court. And... Like we talk about players, we ask all the time, okay, he's a good player, but does he make other people better? Okay, Sabonis has answered that. The answer is yes, Sabonis makes everyone better. So I don't think we have to question like who he is as a player. Would it make life easier if he shot the ball from 18 feet or, or from three, if he shot more attempts from there? But I, I don't know, maybe. I don't I don't think it's about making other people better. I think it's making the team better. Like we talk about all these offensive wrinkles and these actions and what they're going to run when teams gum up their offense because they're they're sagging off as a bonus or they're they're pushing the dribble handoff way out past the three-point line. Like man, they could solve a lot of it if he would I'm not asking him to to shoot a, a mid-range jumper 15 times a game. It's just there are so many times where he's like sitting there and he he has an open look. And to me, he cashes it often enough that it's like, dude, that's a good shot. Yeah. Like the, the offense is to get good shots. And if the defense is going to give that to you, just take it. I, I, I get what you're saying. His answer would be, I'm looking for a better shot. And, and what that means is very specifically, if you're taking an 18-foot jumper yeah. and you 40% of the time at the NBA level, those go in, that's mm-hmm. 0.8 of a shot. That's 0.8 of a point in mm-hmm. a possession, mm-hmm. right? If you hit a bounce pass to a cutter and he lays it up in the rim and there that's a 65% shot at the rim. That's 1.3 points per possession. If you hit the guy in the corner and he hits a shot, sure. a, a corner three at, at 40%, that's 1.2 shots. 
So mm-hmm. we can say that just take the shot. It's a, it's a good shot. He's always looking for the better shot. And and it part of it is numbers-based. Part of it is setting up his teammates. Part of it is getting everyone involved. There, there's so many things that go into it that there every once in a while, somebody backs way off of him and just goes and clogs the lane. And I'm like, man, you got to shoot that. But overall, I mean, the guy's shooting 40% from three. He doesn't shoot enough of them, but he's he's right there. So I, I don't know. I don't have a lot of problem. You know, I'd rather that than him go try to force a, a ball, uh, go force a shot at the rim against a, a guy like Porzingis who just mm-hmm. happens to be playing really good defense that night. That's, I, I, I guess my, my gripe is standing there, try, when, when they're sagging off, defenses are trying to take away that better shot. And maybe it's not going to be there. Or maybe by the time you kick it to the corner, there's a defender there and there's a second and a half left on the shot clock. And now somebody's rushing a three when I think their offense opens up a lot if he is just more of a threat from there. Yeah. All he has to do, I'm, I'm, I, like I said, I'm not saying that he needs to, because we talked about this. I don't think he can or should be the number two scorer on a team. That's not his game. But I think that that better shot is going to be there more often if he takes that open 16, 18-footer, uh, like I said, a, a few times a game. I'm not, I, I, don't want, I, I don't want 10 shots from there from him necessarily. Yeah. I, uh, like three or four, just so defenders have to, have to come out and respect it a little more than they do. I totally get, I totally get what you're saying, and I get why there's a lot of fans who feel mm-hmm. the same way. Mm-hmm. And my, my approach has always been like, if you're a GM that isn't good at the salary cap, you bring in a salary cap guy. Mm-hmm. If you're a GM who isn't good at scouting, you bring in a, a scouting mm-hmm. guy that's great. Mm-hmm. If, if you're building, like, I, I love to do my own remodels. I love to do my own building at my house. Right. Big construction guy. Yeah, I can. Who doesn't own a flannel. I can. Yes, exactly. I can frame a wall. I can install a window. Uh-huh. I can do almost all of the electrical in a house. I can do a lot of the plumbing. Yeah. I can sheetrock. I, but when I go to do like finished taping work, I call on my uncle who's been a taper for 50 years and go, hey, can you help me tape this room? Okay, I got you. Tape and texture. Mm-hmm. So the room looks good. If I get to a point with uh, a wiring issue, I call an electrician. If I'm building a bathroom on the second floor and I need to put in a shower pan and I don't want the shower pan to leak because I'm not a guy who puts in shower sure. pans regularly, yeah. I call a, a carpenter who knows how to install a shower pan right. so it doesn't leak. Demonis Sabonis is, he's really good at so many things and we want him to be better at things that he just doesn't feel comfortable being better at. It's okay to defer to Kevin Herter at, for a 16-foot jumper because Kevin Herter's got a much better jump shot than you do mm-hmm. or a three-point shot from Keegan Murray. Like, And I, I keep running into this where I feel like he does so much and he's underappreciated for all the things that he does that, like, look, you can't expect him to block shots. His arms aren't right. long enough. Right. He's not, not a, shot a super athlete. <laughs> and so there's all of these things where, like, but you can look at every player. There is no perfect player, mm-hmm. right? There isn't. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've yet to run into one. The, the closest thing we saw was Michael Jordan probably. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, like you have to expect that there, a player has limitations and that if a player who's smart enough to play to his strengths and mm-hmm. not play to 
uh, not force things. I, I appreciate. So that's just my take on Simonas. Yeah. But I um, understand what you're saying, Kyle. I, yeah, I do. I, yeah, I just, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's asking too much. Um, the Kings last night, <clears throat> and this will probably carry us over into the next segment, but whatever. They lose that game in the fashion that they did. Mm-hmm. And punt, uh, ostensibly, they, they or effectively, they punt the second half. And in their own building, no Jason Tatum, Celtics on the back end of a back-to-back, NBA TV game, the the works, right? Mm-hmm. And they have, I'm going to call this their worst loss of the season. And after the game, if you want to gripe at that, fine. A bad loss regardless. Okay. After the game, uh, the Kings sent out Keon Ellis to the podium, and that's it. And I don't want to, this is, I, I don't want to get super far into the weeds about, you know, media coverage and this and that, but forcing Keon Ellis to be the one to speak for that performance. And I know he had a, had a strong game and he, you know, good effort. And I think he, what he did four of seven threes. He had 12 points. Yeah. He had a good, good game for Keon Ellis. Mm-hmm. And you want to hear him talk about it, but that's not the story. Nobody nobody was sitting there after that game going, hey, you know, can't wait to talk to Keon about how good of a game he had. That was a horrible, horrible performance. And forcing Keon Ellis, who is in no way responsible for it, to be the one who has to go up there and answer questions about it, and not Domas, not De'Aaron Fox, not Keegan Murray, not even Harrison Barnes or Kevin Herter, having to go up there and answer for whatever that performance was, Making Keon Ellis do that, and only Keon Ellis, that is not fair to Keon, first and foremost. Yep. That is not fair to a fan base who knows that De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis and Keegan Murray are the big three there, the core of this team. They're going to be, they're not getting any answers for what happened. And (laughs) frankly, it's not fair to the people who go there and they spend their time and they're doing their jobs covering the game to have to try and get these answers out of Keon Ellis, who is just out there trying to grind his way to a full-time NBA contract. Yep. That sucks, man. And I I hate that that's how that went down after the game. Yeah, that... Okay, so first of all, we usually get two. Yes. We get two mm-hmm. players and the head coach. We got one player, and that one player was a two-way contract. And and that's not to disrespect Keon Ellis. He's, he's earning his way onto the roster, no questions asked. Yep. That's not his job. And I've been around this team for a long time. And I think that this is a much bigger discussion that we should probably wait for until after the break. Okay, great. That's what we're doing. See you in a minute. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Loop on ESPN 1320. We're talking at the break. James is explaining to the chatty house at youtube.com slash ESPN1320, twitch.tv slash ESPN1320. Please check us out. Like and subscribe. Uh, he was explaining to the chatty house that we don't actually produce the show on the fly. And in the middle of him saying that, I'm like, oh, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> we um, might fly by the seat of our pants a little bit during the show. Winging it. Winging it at times. But I, I think that um, the thing that I would point out is that Kyle and I, we didn't know each other before we started the show. No. And, and we started the show- what, At least sep- not substantially at all. Se- September like 3rd, right? We met each other like once or twice in person. Once. We uh, Once in person. Yeah. We had started talking on the phone because we, we knew this was, this was a possibility mm-hmm. and going back and forth. But um, Kyle has a way of, of doing a rundown, which- I had never done a rundown before. So, and anytime I, I start talking about the rundown, just so you know, it cracks my wife up because there is a, an entire episode of The Office where Robert California, played by James Spader, of course, gets a job in The Office. He takes over for Michael Scott, or he's the second one. I think it was Will Ferrell and then Robert California. And he asked Jim for a rundown. Hey, I'm, I'm going to need a rundown on that. And Jim spends the entire day trying to figure out what a rundown is. <laughs> like literally, like I don't understand what what is a rundown. Like I don't. How's it formatted? I don't know the. F- <laughs> so anyway, Kyle has a format for his rundowns, which I don't. I'm sure Kyle learned from. No, the, I made this up. This is all me. It's all you. Yeah. Okay. It's just a table. Uh, it, it's spectacular. Shout out Google Docs. Yeah, it, it, but <laughs> his rundowns are so good that Charlie, the big boss man here. Uh, told Kyle, um, like in the first week we were here, these are the greatest rundowns I've ever seen. It'd be like that, dude. And I think Charlie's been in the the radio industry for- He actually invented radio. He did invent radio. (laughs) He did. Like when Charlie started- Love you, Charlie. You had to crank like the- That's our boss. Yeah. So, um, but like there is a way that that we break things down and we're, we're, we're organized and- I, I think the best part about our partnership so far mm. is that we take turns doing this. Yes. That there are nights where I know Kyle's got a bunch of work for 49ers and I'll text him at seven o'clock and say, hey, rundown's done. It's great. And it's the best text I, of my week. Yeah, and Kyle's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, and, then, and then there are other times where I show up after a game like last night and I didn't get home until 1130 and then I had some strange kid that I was lost in, in Lake of the Pines and I had to drive around the lake for an hour and 15 minutes trying to look for the home that he doesn't know. Uh, it was a long story, but I showed up this morning, like dog tired, long night, and Kyle had the rundown done. So we we are prepared, Kyle. Oh, we're, no, we're prepared for sure, but it's organized chaos in terms of how we're doing this. Of course. Yeah. I love it. Uh, real quick, we I, I want to get back to the to the stuff that, that we teased in the last segment talking about uh, the Kings and accountability, et cetera, et cetera. I just want to remind everybody, lest we forget, Golden Sky 2024 is going to be three big rowdy days of country music and all the festival fixins you can handle under the sun and stars. Word is part of the festival fix- fixins is a lot of beer. Mm. A lot of beer. I've been practicing my banjo play. I, kn- I know you you were you were talking about that how you're just at, at in the media room at halftime, just banjoing it up. Uh, so get your crew lined up because ESPN 1320 has your chance to win weekend passes. Just visit ESPN1320.com and fill out the online entry form for a chance to win 
two weekend passes and qualify to upgrade to two VIP weekend passes for Golden Sky 2024. Going to be a rip-roaring good time. Okay, so what we were talking about was the Kings last night mm-hmm. have whatever that disaster was, a 144-119 loss to the Celtics where you mentioned it two minutes into the third quarter. It was pretty clear they'd wave the white flag done, and the game was over. And after the game, the Kings send one player to the podium and you figured be one of the team leaders to talk about whatever the heck just happened and provide maybe some answers. And the Kings instead sent two-way player Keon Ellis to the podium to represent the team after one of their worst losses of the season, if not their worst loss of the season. Okay, so Kyle, I've I've covered this team forever. For you invented ever. the Sacramento Kings. 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um, one time we had a player call an NBA official a homophobic slur, um, whether he knew or not that that NBA official was in fact a gay man or not. We don't know. Uh, the answer that from that player has always been, no, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it happened in a game and the player was ejected from a game in, I think it was in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Kings fly back. We asked for that player so he can have a conversation because now this NBA official has outed himself in order to explain why the player was ejected. Instead of getting said player, which was Rajon Rondo, we got Karam Butler to talk about Rondo. So, like, there are times where there are a lack of accountability, right? And in a game where you get run over, you get steamrolled. I get it's De'Aaron Fox's birthday. If he doesn't want to talk on his birthday after a bad loss and after he scored 29 points, okay, that's fine. But also, it's 26. I'll give you a pass. Uh, Yeah, I know. That's not a real birthday. But I'll give you a pass. And if I'm De'Aaron Fox and and I'm in the locker room, I'm like, hey, it's my birthday and like I, I want to go out and, and like I got celebrate. Family. I got family yeah. here and stuff, right? Sure. It's almost Christmas and my family's here. Can can someone right. else take the podium for me? <laughs> and it's like Harrison Martin says, I got it. Or Demonis Sabona says, I got it. Somebody else who played a major role in a meltdown game, <laughs> that's fine. But and, and this whole thing, oh, well, we'll be available tomorrow at, at, at practice. Okay, that's that's not the same. Like people are on deadline or people are writing about that game and it's not the same. And the same intensity isn't there the next day. And so for the Kings to only send one person, I don't know whose fault this was. The players very well could have just stonewalled and said, we are not going. Right. And then they opened the locker room and we were able to go in the locker room. Even like the whole Mike Brown talking about the the fouls. and I mean, the like the, the getting into it with officiating. Mike Brown was a good 20 minutes earlier than he normally is because we didn't get a second player. Mm-hmm. So maybe he was in his prep. Maybe he wasn't ready to answer the questions that we were going to hit him with. Mm-hmm. But we had this situation where only Keon Ellis came out. They opened the locker room. I went in the locker room. JaVale McGee came in the locker room. He had his daughter with him. Uh, and, you know, he went and did his business. And it was like, you got your daughter with you. We don't really want to, like, sit here and, yeah, and ask you a question. Grill him. Yeah. And then you look over and, like, Juan Toscano Anderson's there. And like, okay, you had nothing to do with this. I'm not going to go over and talk to you. Trey Lyles ended up coming in. It's like, okay. The, but the other guys, 
they we heard like at least three guys like just grab their stuff and left, just grab their their clothes and like I'm out, and so you're like okay, like that's not okay. There that's a lack of accountability in yeah. the moment, and so I don't know. Like I'm not just gonna bury the media relations staff. I'm not gonna bury the players. It's one night. Right. If this becomes a theme, like getting thumped, mm-hmm. uh, then then it's something that will be addressed not only with media relations, but also with the league. Mm-hmm. And there may even be someone who's called the league and said, hey, look, they violated team rule X, Y, Z, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's not a, a good look. That could not agree more. As a, as a fan after that, I could not care less what Keon Ellis has to say about it. Yeah, I want to know, know what happened to De'Aaron Fox. I want to know what happened to Demonis Abonis. They said, I would even take Kevin Herter or Harrison Barnes. Or Malik Monk. Or Malik Monk. Just somebody somebody who is going to play a prominent role in wins and losses for this team moving forward because I want to know, A, what the hell happened last night, and B, why the hell this keeps happening. Yes. And like my biggest gripe here, because I was not there. I was not, I was not in the room. I was not at the game. Mm-hmm. My biggest gripe is like, that sucks for Keon. <laughs> he has... Well, you hit, like, when I hit Keon with the question, like, his, he has a tendency to get big eyes, uh-huh. but his eyes got big, like, uh-huh. oh, <laughs> now I've got to answer that question. And the thing I'll point out, Kyle, is this is Sacramento media. Like, we're not known as, like, the Pitchfork game. New York, right. Yeah, we don't have, like, uh, like torches and, and I'll pitchforks. take up that mantle. I got this. We're not walking in there with a shovel ready to hit somebody. Right. This I'm just going to point this out. We haven't asked a question as a media group because I don't know how to ask that question or when it would be appropriate. The Sacramento Kings had a guy in training camp who killed somebody earlier this month. And we're not sitting there beating down the door and saying, hey, what do you got for us? We're not. That's if this was New York, that oh would God. be there would be a reporter in the locker room waiting for Jordan Ford, waiting for Keon Ellis, waiting for Jalen Slauson. It would be front, waiting for front Colby, page news, waiting for every single player that's ever played with him to get a story about it. That's not this media group. It's not the town that we live in. It's different. Mm-hmm. But there's also this layer of respect that should be understood that like we're not hitting you on that right now because there it's like an open wound this is like who the 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 franchise is yet to make a statement Mm -hmm. but my point is that we're the group that that hasn't even got into that but when you get clubbed by by the boston celtics you can't bring like we can't get the players that that you would expect and so again we're not gonna sit there and fillet one of these players that's not who we are as a media group. We're going to ask tough questions. I thought my question, both to Mike Brown and to Keon Ellis, it didn't feel good to either one of them. Right. And But that's the, the job is ask the question, the why. Mm-hmm. So so people can hear the why. So they can hear their answer to the why. Yeah. And so that's that's all. And, and, and again, I don't want to bury any. It's one game. It's one game. But I would point out that like this isn't like you're not. It used to be that the New York Knicks, when they rolled into town, they'd have eight media members, nine media members in their traveling team. 
I'm not talking about camera guys and stuff. I'm talking about reporters straight up. Dang. Chicago Bulls, six to eight media members roll in every single time. The Utah Jazz still, there are sometimes where they travel two and sometimes they travel mm -hmm. three. Well, that's way more than almost any other team. Like this, yeah. the Kings, if they're lucky, Jason Anderson is on the road. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Like as visiting media. So that's all other opposing teams have to deal with is one media member. Mm -hmm. But like the way that this whole thing plays out, you would hope that there would be like, that they would own up and at least say, yeah, our bad. Yeah, no that, doubt. That that can't happen. You brought up the Utah, Utah Jazz. Can I go sidebar for a second? Yeah. The Utah Jazz are visiting the Detroit Pistons tonight. The Pistons are favored. <gasps> they are favored by two and a half points. How many of they lost? 24 now? Is it 24 now? 23-24. Oh, wow. And they are favored at home against the Utah Jazz. Crazy. I saw that today and I needed to mention it. And you brought up the Jazz and their traveling party. So I wanted to fit that in there. Wild. Yeah. Uh, hey, is the Kings defense a problem again? Yeah. They, they, they gave up 144 last night, but also something we a little bit, I don't want to say glossed over. Uh, but they give up 131 to Washington. Mm -hmm. And part of me, part of me went, okay, they were up by a bunch. Jordan Poole hit a bunch of shots, which I mean, he does sometimes. And Kyle Kuzma was hitting shots and the Kings kind of coasted in the second half. So whatever. But on the other hand, when you stack that up against 144 to that version of the Celtics last night, it seems like it's a problem again to me. I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go overboard and be like, oh my god, they need to figure everything out. But that's putting my putting my antennas up. That that's been their defensive performance back to back nights. Yeah, um, I think that there is concern, but I also think this is ebb and flow of the season. Like this team has shown, like two steps forward, one step back; three steps forward, one step back, and it's kind of who they are right now. And so, like, do I? Would I hope that we would see like a you know, Mike Brown always talks about it, just like a, a a giant acceleration straight to the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. Sure, you'd hope that that'd be the case, but that's that's never the case. It's never the case with any team. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, their defense, you know, again, they drop from, what do we say, from number 15 in the league to number 22 in the league yeah. in, in one game. It's tough. Uh, maybe 16 to 22. Yeah, that that's not great, but same time, they show moments where they can do it. And so I, I think that that's what you're, you're hoping that they continue to build the consistency and they keep doing it. I kind of think that the Celtics might have benefited from Jason Tatum not playing last night. Like it just forced everybody else to kind of hit the gas. Speaking of hitting the gas, let's do that right now and open up the handoff. Damian Barling of D'Lo and Casey joining us right now. Damian, what's going on, man? Hey, man. What's up, guys? Chilling, man. Just uh, we were talking a lot of Bulls-Lakers talk today. That Kobe White, heck of a player. Your thoughts? Yeah, Kobe White is solid. <laughs> uh, so we've been doing a lot of. Guess any time the Lakers lose, that's a fun discussion. <laughs> no, uh, what? It, I, this is a a trend, a little bit of a disturbing trend with the Kings now, where hey, they look in the first, whether it's quarter, second quarter, early third quarter, when they let go of the rope, man, they let go of it all the way, and we're trying to figure out why. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Um, the numbers, you know, the, the double-digit losses, the blowout losses this early in the season, like we d did a little research that we're, we'll have on the show. It's certainly 
disturbing. Like it's not, it's not the, it's not the best look. Um, but I'll, I'll be. This isn't going to be the most popular take. There's a lot of overreacting going on right now. Oh yeah. Like they lost. I, I know it's it's magnified, and and if no one wants to admit it, like I'll say it. The loss to the Celtics is magnified because the Warriors beat them before, and the Warriors still hold this like spell over the Sacramento Kings. So the fact that they beat the Celtics the night before and then the Celtics walked in here on the second night of a back-to-back on De'Aaron Fox's birthday when he was cooking in the first quarter, the first half, and lit their ass up, yeah, it leaves everybody uneasy. But all of this, they can't beat good teams, they can't do this, they can't do that. Like, I'm sorry, they're the only team in the league to beat Minnesota at home. Mm -hmm. They've also beaten Denver. And we could talk about them being without Jamal Murray all we want to. The Celtics were without Jason Tatum last night, and they got their ass kicked, right? But... The Kings were able to beat the Denver Nuggets without Jamal Murray. They've been able to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder twice, who was everybody's darling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like we, we, It sucks, and I know part of sports is hyperbole, and it's reacting, and it's like... Damn right it is. It sucks. The Celtics have their number. Ever since Marcus Smart shot, uh, hit off the back of the rim in like 2019, they've, they've just owned the, the Sacramento Kings. I think Jesse looked up the numbers. I think the last three games... In, in at the Golden or in, in Sacramento, they lost by like a combined seventy something points Oof. against the Celtics. So it's Jesse looked it, those numbers up, huh? It, he did. Hmm. Yeah. Did he oh no, I know. Him? Yeah, <laughs> Jesse. Yeah, Jesse came in. His chest. He was skipping here's, into work today. Here's the thing: is is my my whole thing with this is it's not that they like the bigger picture issue here is that they punted another game where they were they were. Losing big. We've seen him do it against the Pelicans. We've seen yeah. him do it against the Rockets. Like it's just kind of a thing that I don't. The Celtics are an NBA title favorite. Mm-hmm. The Kings not being in the same tier as them is not a shocker to me. So that's that's the other thing. Like, I don't care I, that they lost. I know there was a, a a popular or unpopular tweet going around from one of the NBA nerds last night, and it it's like, so the Sacramento Kings appear to be the first team in history to be a, a, a admitted joke of a franchise. Break a 16-year playoff drought, and then be losing the first round, competitive first round, a series that we thought everyone was watching. Seven games. Seven games, but they're expected to be a, a championship contender the following season. Now I understand Mike and 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 the guys in this that that locker room are talking about that. That's fine. If you're on the outside talking about the Sacramento Kings being a championship contender, I'm fascinated by that because mm-hmm. you didn't pay attention to them until game one of the first round of the the the, the Western Conference playoffs last year. And so this whole, oh, they're not ready to be a championship caliber. Yeah, no kidding. They just made the playoffs for the first time in 16 years last year. Mm -hmm. There's one team that I can think of that's done it, and that was Phoenix. Phoenix went like nine straight years without making the playoffs. Mm. Got Chris Paul. Right. And then like went to the finals. Yeah. So that's the norm. That's how, that's how we're, that's, that's what we do now. That's the new normal. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. That's the anomaly. So this whole thing about contenders and contenders, they're not. Okay, but they're I not don't... the Celtics. They're not the Philadelphia 76ers. They're not the Milwaukee Bucks. They're probably not the Denver Nuggets, even though I love that matchup. No, no doubt. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Like That's just not a leap that happens. But for me, the context of the discussion about the Kings now is, okay, the, the playoffs and making the playoffs is the baseline. Mm-hmm. That is the the the... Season begins in April. Mm-hmm. 
that's where they're at right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. For for me. And I don't, I don't think that's crazy. Wholeheartedly agree. And I'm with you that they are not in that contender tier. The the question is, how do they get there? Yeah. That's that's, it. So, so that's the other thing that we'll talk a lot about today. If you're a Siakam guy or an OG guy, or you're one of the very rare Zach Levine guys, (laughs) (laughs) that wasn't going to change last night's outcome. It would not have changed last night's well, outcome. Last, last night, no. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about last night. That wouldn't have changed last night's outcome. Now, what do those trades, potential trades, ideas of trades mean for them moving forward? That's a different conversation. But we're reacting to last night's game as if, oh, if OG Ananobi was here, that wouldn't have happened. Nope, that's probably not true. Locked Peyton Pritchard up. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's not a thing. <laughs> Porzingis was a problem both on the offensive and defensive end. Yep. Um, the it is as much as people like to talk about Joe Mazzola, the Kings have had great third quarters over this last little yes, stretch. They have. Joe's obviously very aware of that. They made some adjustments coming out of halftime after already having a really good second quarter, by the way, made some great adjustments at halftime and shut and ended the game. They essentially ended the game. Yeah. They ended they the game away in the, the third three. quarter. That's yeah. it. They took away the three. The Kings had 33 point Everything that attempts. was working. Yes. 33 point attempts in the first two quarters. Yep. They finished with 44. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they took it away. And the Kings, like, their instant reaction was to go in the post to Harrison Barnes. Their next play, go to Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter gets an and one. That was, and it was like, oh, look, they've got their own counter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they started missing free throws. Mm-hmm. And, oh. then, and then they have the Sabonis flagrant foul call. And, and the thing snowballs so quickly, you're like, what just the, happened? The, the, the free throw thing really bothers me. And it's not like Kenny where, make your damn free throws. It's not like that. It's like, and I think you might have tweeted this. It feels like a lack of focus. I said that. Yeah, those guys can make free throws. Yeah. We know they can. You know when they're going to lose a game? by At the free throw line. Like, wh- why? You see it. You're like, oh, oh, no. Now, yeah, now, now, now listen to what James is saying, though. They didn't lose last night's game because they missed their free throws. The missed free throws were like it, it shows you the symptom. state of mind. Yeah, They're the symptom. Right, right. right. A bigger problem. And that was that. Like yeah. that. That's yeah. That that was that was frustrating. Yeah, very very frustrating. I love the idea that somebody was watching that game last night and going, you know what, this team needs some Zach Levine. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it, it, again. I understand. There's a there's a longer term conversation to have, but like yeah, I know what sports is. I know what we do for a living. Man, it's just it's like sometimes. You know, people are throwing stuff and screaming at cameras, and it's, sometimes you just lose. Yep. Sometimes you get your ass kicked. Sometimes I'm not the comfortable. team is better. Some and and the Celtics are better. I'm not. I I don't think they're that much better as as we saw last night. But the final score says they are. They're going to make Jason you Taylor. feel like it every yeah, time you that's play. Facts. That's facts. The Kings have shot seventy percent or worse from the free throw line eight times this year. They lost all of those games, didn't they? Uh, no, not quite. They are three and five in those games. Though. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Man, wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. You know, but but every single one of these games, Boston last night at Houston, game they got smoked. Yeah. At New Orleans, game they got smoked, and this is just to Jason, uh, uh to uh, uh, James Point, uh, Jason. Oh, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> who's that? Uh, one nineteen ninety nine. Uh, to to the Clippers game they got smoked like every single one of those games at those when they lose it is by a ton yeah you can so. feel the focus is gone mm-hmm. yep 
hundred percent. I think yeah. that's a great that's point. A great call. And that's where we're going to leave it uh, with you, Damian. Kenny Caraway will be in here. D'Lo and KC. That's coming up next. Um, everybody have a great Thursday, and we will see you tomorrow for a much happier show, a much more fun show on ESPN thirteen twenty. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento's sports leader. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.